Good morning, Jesus. Thank you for this day. Again, thank you for the opportunity for leaders to come together um, and uh, just help us take a deep breath and recalibrate towards you, God. And uh, thank you for what you have in store for us today. And just ask, thank you for Brad and his willingness to encourage us and equip us this morning. And again, we do ask your Holy Spirit to be very active in uh, calming uh, our, our minds and hearts and help us hear what you want us to hear through Brad this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Brad Ewing, thank you again for leading. Yeah, absolutely. I um, Last week, I was kind of thinking about, I had a different topic. I was thinking um, about talking about waiting, because I feel like in some ways, you know, the season that we're in is a, a season of waiting. And I heard one time a sermon where uh, the, the topic was basically that other than suffering, waiting is one of the hardest things that God asks us to do. Yeah. Um, and, and it's related, I guess, to what I, what I'm going to end up talking about, but just after hearing Jake yesterday, um, I, I felt like I wanted to talk about God's kingdom. Um, and, and I'm not an expert on it. In fact, it's, it's like, it intrigues me, but I find it one of the things that God, Jesus talks about a ton, but not always totally evident what he's talking about. Um, so we'll, we'll get into that and hopefully, um, what I, what I can share is on the mark. And, um, but I, I was thinking about it just cause you know, we're in this season that's really history making in a lot of ways. I, I keep hearing it, you know, I'm hearing about the, the Reds are getting ready to start and they're kind of motivated by this is we're making history here. And, you know, the economy is historic and it feels like, you know, in some ways the, the, the politics is going to be historic. I mean, at least even if it's just a, every four year, Mm -hmm. uh, cycle um, and certainly obviously the kind of the the impetus for a lot of this is the virus and so there's just uh, there's just it just feels like it's on the minds a lot that um, that you know this is a this is uncharted waters not that it's never happened before but unless you're 102 you haven't lived through <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> something quite like this um, and even that was different than it is in 2020, right? You know, we're totally different culture and society and time has marched on. And so um, I think there's, there's moments when it's hard to make sense of what God might be up to. Um, and yet, you know, Jesus is the King. We believe that. And, but it can feel sometimes it can feel like he's losing ground and territory in his kingdom as the world gets more chaotic. Um, and, and we know that's not true in our heads, but it just, sometimes I, I think it can kind of feel like that way. And, but I was, I was thinking about, okay, so what is the definition of God's kingdom? And I think that's the key to this. And like I said, I feel like Jesus talked about it a lot. I mean, he did, if you just go to your concordance, I mean, even just the book of Matthew, it's just like all over Matthew, um, and, and he tried to explain it a lot even, um, but maybe it's just me, but I, it hasn't always, even in some of his parables, it hasn't always been easy to understand. I don't think I'm totally alone in that, but, you know, if I hear um, his kingdom, you know, one thing I, I could be thinking of, the first thing that comes to mind is like, you know, more like a Simba on Pride Rock of Lion King looking over his, his kingdom, right? Looking over yeah. the... Yeah. the plains of Africa and thinking, 
you know, territory, land. Um, and in the Old Testament, God's people struggled with this too because they, they were seeing all the different people groups around them and they all had kings and they started begging God for a king. And God said, you know, this isn't really the model that I have in mind for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, he ended up giving them Saul, who was flawed, and he gave them a number of other kings, um, which, you know, some good, some bad, but all flawed. And, um, and, and it was, you know, God had a spiritual kingdom in mind, but his people didn't, they didn't have that view or understanding. They were thinking something different. Um, and then in the New Testament, you know, when Jesus comes on Palm Sunday, um, it's just another example of, of how, you know, man really wanted a conquering political hero. We've all heard that around Easter time that what, what the people were wanting was to throw off the, the oppression of the Romans and, and you know, the, the Jews, they, they wanted a, a military hero to conquer with armies and to secure territory. Um, but that was a, that was a physical kingdom and Jesus had a spiritual mission in mind first. Um, Mm -hmm. and he, he actually shares this, um, I mean, lots of places, but I was, I noticed in, um, with Pilate on the night he was arrested in John is one place where it talks about how he shared kind of more about what his kingdom was about, what his mission was about. And so I'm just going to read a little bit of that. It's John 1833. Uh, So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, do you say this of your own accord or did others say it to you about me? And Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. And then Pilate said to him, so you are a king? And Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And so, you know, Jesus kind of, it's not what Pilate was expecting, and it's Hmm. not what all the people around him were expecting, but he, he talks about, his idea of what the kingdom is, is different. And so a definition that has helped me, it's pretty simple and maybe, maybe everybody knows this, but it's just helped me every time I kind of read that word in the Bible. um, It's just that God's kingdom is anywhere that he rules as king. Hmm. So, so if we think of it that way, all of a sudden we can see his kingdom as spiritual first and, and the territory he's after is the hearts and minds of people. And we can see, and then, and then it helps a little bit in the context of where we're living right now that we can see how this historic season could be exactly the circumstances that he wants to use to build his kingdom. So, you know, when I said that it can feel like he's losing territory, it's more, you know, from earthly eyes, it just feels like sometimes things are going to hell in a handbasket, but, um, but it might be, you know, it not it might be, it is exactly, there's no accidents here. And so God 
is going to use his, the circumstances of the times and allow things to happen so that there's more fertile ground for him to be able to win the hearts and minds of people. And um, so Jake talked about this, you know, when he said God's plan won't be slowed down. Um, and he talked about planting a tree and bearing fruit in this season. And, um, and he referenced Luke 12, which I, I haven't been able to find, but it's my, he said, Jesus talked about, it's my joy to give you the kingdom. Mm. So I was just thinking, okay, what does that mean? What does that mean for me today going out, you know, and the things that I have to do? And I, I just think we want to ask the question of how, how would God use me to be a part of what he's already doing to expand and grow his kingdom, you know, in this season? Um, there was a, there was kind of a famous Bible study, I think it was in the 90s, by a guy named Henry Blackaby, and he, he talked about, um, like, go find what God's already doing and join him in that. Don't, don't think that you know what God wants to do, but um, see where he's working and really join him in that. And so um, I, I thought I would just kind of get practical here and just give three thoughts about how we might um, – join him in what he's already doing and expanding his kingdom. And um, th there's obviously tons of other ones, but one is just to kind of have a list of some of some, some not yet believers in your life that you spend time with and just pray for them and keep spending time with them. And um, another Bible study I was in one time talked about how, you know, the goal is to be, you want to be the spiritual consultant for your friend. Um, so that when they, you, you want to have enough of an open conversation and relationship with them where they feel comfortable. You want to be such a good listener that when they run up against questions of faith or spiritual question, they think of you, you know, just like, it's like, I got a friend, I got a guy who's a mechanic, you know, I got a guy who's, or a gal who, yeah seems to have it together spiritually. Um, I'm not sure what it is, but, and, uh, and so you want to be their go-to. Um, and I mean, yeah, so that's, so that's one thought. Um, this one's actually a little harder for me at times, but it's really the same concept and same strategy, but actually I have six kids and with my kids, you know, the reason it's harder, I think is, um, the, the goal, you know, keep the relationship fresh enough that um, we're talking about spiritual things and that my kids want to come to me when they have questions of faith. And, um, and they, I can, I can, I can do life with them, um, which is my favorite definition of discipleship is just doing life together. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I, but it, it can't just be, sometimes I think they're just going to get it by osmosis. And I think they do catch a lot that way, but I also don't want to be silent with them about things of faith. And, and so the reason I say it's harder, it's like uh, the more kids you have, the more humble you get as a parent. So I'm, I'm about halfway home. Three of them, <laughs> three of them are adults, but uh, I've realized that like there, there's no magic formula, you know, there's no, there's no easy button for, how to make that happen and and the truth is that god's really in charge of expanding his kingdom so it's not my mm -hmm. i don't have to feel the pressure of it but i do want to be as available and intentional with them as i can so 
Um, and the third one I'll just share is, um, and it's actually, this is kind of fun, but just ask the Holy Spirit for some divine appointments. Um, you know, it could be at a restaurant, it could be um, with strangers. It, it would certainly be something that you hadn't planned for, wasn't in your calendar, but, you know, that was a lot like the way Jesus operated. I mean, obviously he was God, so he knew what his calendar was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> we don't. Yeah. But but it just seemed like a lot of times he was he was bumping into people that you know it it was on the way on the road along the way and so that's a way that god can use to really expand his kingdom um so uh just a couple of verses that i think that were exciting for me in revelation which is kind of the back side of the story obviously um but you know it, it's not that that Jesus won't ever be the conquering hero and it's not that he won't ever claim territory um it's at some point the spiritual and the physical really do merge and obviously he is involved in our physical but um revelation 1 6 talks about to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom priest to his god and father to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever amen Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. And then um, Revelation eleven fifteen, it says, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. So he's talking to Pilate, and he says, My kingdom is not of this world, but there's a point <laughs> where the kingdom of the world will become his kingdom. So in the meantime, He's, he's trying, you know, his, his goal is, his territory is the hearts and minds of people. And so that's, he lets us be a part of that, which is pretty exciting. So that's what I had. That's good. Hey, just to uh, recap, was the point number two to be available and in, intentional with your kids? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one, one is, you know, the people that are around you, but then the people that are closest to you is your family. You know, you don't want to win the world and lose your family. And yeah. so, yeah. Good, Kids. Yeah, that's good. I appreciate you. That's good stuff. I appreciate that recalibration too this morning. That's timely again, once again, of course. Uh, by the way, I'm getting uh, Jake and I are getting with your sister today, Beth. So, oh, great. Yeah. Awesome. So, thanks for that connection there. And will you uh, will you pray us into our rest of our Tuesday bread? Yes. Lord, thank you that we can exhale and know that you are the King and that you. Um, that as the king, your plans won't be thwarted and how exciting it is that we get to watch you uh, win people to you, not by force, but through love and through them choosing you and you choosing them. And so, um, Lord, just give us eyes for uh, the people that we already know, that we hang out with, that are not yet believers, and then give us eyes and energy for our families um and to and to bring them along in uh in understanding and love of you and then give us eyes for those that we don't even know and and events that will take place even today that weren't on our calendar that we didn't plan and just help us to be instruments for you in expanding the kingdom and we just pray all this in your name amen well done brad thanks buddy love you guys